Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Lotta Schelin is one of Sweden's most successful football players of all time. Five times she has won the Diamantbollen as the player of the year in Sweden. And when playing in the multiple French champions club Lyon, she won the Champions League three times. From playing 185 games in the Swedish national team shirt, Schelin scored 88 goals. The former striker has played professionally for Koppabergs Göteborgs FC, now known as BK Häcken, Olympic Lyonnais and FC Rosengård. Since Schelin stopped playing football, which she sadly was forced to because of an injury in her neck, she has written a book and appears as a football expert for both men's and women's football on TV. In this episode, we talk about her career on and off the pitch, what made her move to France to play with Lyon, and what she thinks is demanded from strikers in the game today. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Lotta Schelin episode. Welcome back to a new episode of Dare Pitch. Today we're here with Lotta Schelin. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And you, you guys, are you all right today? I'm doing very well, thank you. I've been a little bit sick and I've been sick for, I don't know, you, you'd assume I have small kids at kindergarten. I don't, but that's how sick I've been lately. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. that's, not a, that's not a good sign. That's not, not a good sign. <laughs> Lotta, I because I'm Swedish as you, I I know how to pronounce your name, but I assume a lot of people have had a difficult through your career mm-hmm. pronouncing your name correctly. Maybe in France, even would you like to tell us how to pronounce your name correctly? My name, uh, like strictly correctly, is Lotta Schelin. But then I know, like my uh, American friends or my French friends, they they can say like Shelin, Shelin, Shelin. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. But Lotta Schelin, Lotta Schelin. Mm-hmm. Lotta, we we do have uh, two quotes from people who know you. Um, I'm gonna start off with with the person that I that I said that you you're gonna you're gonna wonder how right. I got a hold of this person. Um, and I'm gonna read it to you. And you're gonna guess who it is, and then we'll go on to the next one. For me, it's always been easy to catch Lotta out of balance. She was the quickest and had the best technique, and it was incredibly hard to get the ball off of her. She was completely superior, but I had other tricks that kept our duels fifty-fifty. Sometimes fair, sometimes not. Okay. I, I think, think that, is, that is this is my sister. I don't know if it's true, but yeah. It's it is your sister, Camila. Yeah, I could totally see that because <laughs> it's kind of true what she says. She know she you got me when she, you you said like balance because she could totally get me off balance with uh, all her tricks. Yeah, I I like the I like the sometimes fair, sometimes not. 
Exactly. And uh, uh, more often, uh, uh, it wasn't fair, of course. Uh, and she was always like, yeah, yeah, she was always, it, it didn't matter if it was fair. It was like 110%, uh, you know, um, her tacklings were like 110% against me and like maybe 90 against others. Just like, even if it's kind of fair, it's not really fair. And then, you know, after that, it was like everything, everything. She could do whatever. And she knew that I was going to be mad in the end. <laughs> and she was going against you and not the ball. Is that how it yeah, was? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And when I got irritated and mad, you know, that that's, that's kind of getting my... Um, me out of balance, you know, <laughs> um, because uh, there were only her, only her, only this person could could make me go mad like that. That's funny. That's what siblings are for, right? Yeah, for sure. We do have another quote here. I'm going to read it to you. This one's quite long, so it has a lot of detail. All right. <laughs> and I think it's going to make you smile. And then it's also I think you're going to get this quite easy, honestly. Um, but I'll start. And if you don't get it easily, we can cut out that part of me saying you're going to get it easily. <laughs> no, no, that's going to be, that's going to stay for sure. <laughs> um, Lotta Schelin is one of the people who taught me most about myself and I value our friendship highly. It started off a little rocky though. When Lotta came into my life, she was a youngster in the very start of her career. I saw her only as a traditional talent, someone who had the possibilities to become the best, but mentally I doubted she knew what it would take. She came late to training, and when I asked about the strength strength training, she told me, we do it individually on Wednesdays, but since we run on Thursdays, nobody does it. Nobody does it because we don't want to be tired for the runs. Lotta and me were the complete opposites. That's what I thought at least. She had everything going for her on the field, and I was struggling with performance anxiety. I was training like crazy, and she was training just enough, still always performing the best. A tension got built up, a jealousy from my side, and maybe something from her side. More of, more of a, why does she need to take everything so serious? After only a couple of months, we sat down, just me and Lotta, and I, I addressed my feelings, the, fr the frustration I felt when she was late. I remember I was using very strong words. She told me about how she felt. Everyone was judging her, didn't see the effort she did, only saw her as a talent and thinking, a talent can't be working hard. It was a very emotional 30 minutes at a parking lot in Gothenburg in 2005, and for me, it was the start of our friendship. During the last 17 years of friendship, Lotta has been growing on me every year. She showed me again and again that her mentality is even stronger than mine. She has been inspiring me by going against what every expert said was the right thing to do. When she moved to France, people might not remember this, but when Lotta went to Lyon, everyone said it's just for the money and they don't even have a good league. She will never develop as she would have done in Sweden. But Lotta went anyway and became a legend, not only for the club, but with an international football. She's been inspiring me by her smartness and her mental strength in football, but also in life. The way she entertains a full table and the fun in Lotta has always impressed me. Even when I was pissed at her early, early in our relationship. And in the end, I don't at all remember her as one of the biggest talents in football, but as one of the biggest professionals the game ever had. With the highest ambitions, super aware of what it takes to reach the top, be the best and stay there. 737, Surti. 
<laughs> I, you know, I, it can only be like maybe two persons, but I think, I, oh, now I don't know which one it is, but I, no, I think it's uh, Lisaek. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was between her and Maria Carlson, but uh, totally Lisek. Wow, that was, uh, and she's she's such a great like um, tourist uh, storyteller. <laughs> so maybe this was a story. But um, if it's <laughs> if it's true, I'm I'm like uh, so humbled and um, amazed by her tale and how how she can like express herself but um she is uh, she's a really special person for sure and that's that's so true like we, we we kind of had an argument and she was really like she was really mad about me being a little bit late <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and i totally you know when we talked i totally understand because for her it was so, a lot of respect you know or lack of respect, maybe uh, when you when you were late, and I I I couldn't see that before. But when when we when we talked about it, I totally understood her, and and it's true. That was like the beginning of something. Sometimes you just have to, I don't know, lift things up and talk about it, and and um, afterwards it's so much easier to to uh, to know what your expectations are, and like to to try to to. F- fill those expectations with uh yeah at, at least uh, um as much as you can so yeah okay that was that was amazing and i'm really happy that she she gave you this quote yeah me too because for, for us you know sometimes i must say this it's it's hard to know who has a connection and who does not and you go on social media and you're like oh they have a picture together how about this and that's because in my job as a journalist, I do, I am in contact with Lisa and, you know, I, I have to call her and I have to ask things. And, and then I went on to your, your Instagram and I saw a picture of you guys sitting at a table and she goes, do you know what's so funny about that picture? And I said, no, she's like, nobody knew I was pregnant. And Lotta, who never uploads on Instagram, <laughs> uploaded that picture of me pregnant with the twins. Oh no. <laughs> oh and i i don't even i don't even put a lot of photos on my instagram so (laughs) that's that's a a little bit uh typical yeah it it was funny because i knew i hit the jackpot as soon as she was like yes yes i would i would love to do it i would love to do it and then she goes oh oh wait i know and then she's like maybe i shouldn't say that uh uh, no uh, you know, she was about to you know, tell stories and then she was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't tell those stories. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we have a couple of stories that shouldn't be told. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but this, this was one, uh, this one was nicer because it's, it's also important to like, yeah, you know, you, oh, for, for sure in, in football or if you, just work with other people, you know, we are so different. Everyone's different and everyone has different ways of, you know, achieving what they want and, and seeing on uh, how to achieve together and all these things. And we have to just like, sometimes we just have to, you know, talk about things and at least try to find, you know, a common path towards what you want, you know? And we did that. We're really different, but we, we did that. And when you find that, it's like, yeah, and and I I think I w- that's that's what I was talking about. And I think I want to start there because 
when when you did start your career, you mentioned it in the quote. Did did you think that people didn't see the hard work that you put in? No, may, maybe not. I I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't really know if I were thinking about it. Uh, I just you know, I just did everything that I was supposed to do. I think and. Um, I didn't really understand. I think that the part what she's talking about, like being, um, being on time and like, you know, things like that, everything around. I, I was more of an easygoing person, maybe, and thought that those things weren't like as, as important. I didn't understand maybe that, uh, yeah, that it, um, that I had to put, put all this effort in like extra effort because I thought that I was doing so much anyways. But, uh, I think that Lisa was one of the person that, that showed me and, and others too, like, uh, showed me that, you know, you can of course be different, but uh, you know, at least we have to, uh, yeah, find this common path. And, 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 uh, you know, uh, I think that they s- s- look at me sometimes and felt like it's, it's so easy for her. Um, but I felt like I, I did everything uh, as much as I could, you know, with everything that I could, um, to stay there, you know, to stay at this great level or a good level, you know? So uh, yeah, maybe sometimes I, I felt like they didn't uh, see everything that, that, that I did or like, they didn't think that I was thinking about it, but I, I thought about everything. Was it frustrating at all? Oh yeah, sometimes for sure. Yeah, sometimes for sure. But you know, the, the thing in the end was that you know you gave you gave everything for the team, and and uh, I think that I had so such such a high expectations on myself, and sometimes maybe it was frustrating um, if they didn't see that that I like. That, you know, if you, if you have a bad day, it's not always about talent. It can be like you have a, you're having a bad day. That was something that maybe like, if you, if you had a bad day, you, you just, you just had to, to lean on someone, you know, even if you were one of the, the best. And sometimes it was, it was hard, you know, to, to be able to do that. But in the end, like in Gothenburg, everyone was so like, that was one thing that I, um, that I was not longing for, but that I was, um, a little bit sad to, to lose when I went to like France in Lyon, just, you know, all these great people around me that always had, had your back. Like we had our back, you know, the backs of each, each other all the time. And uh, when I came to Lyon, I was just like, Oh, okay. My God, uh, this is, this is, I have to be like a, an individual and, and no one's gonna, you know, pick me up if, uh, if I fall, you know, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is a, the professional life, you know, you have to, to take care of yourself. Um, but you know, in the end, you, you see that, that even in, in Lyon, where they, we had a lot of people who could take care of each other also, like, but in the beginning it was uh, tough. How different was, uh, was, uh, you know, coming to, to the French league compared to how it was in Sweden for you? How was that, you know, adapting to it? But it, it was really, it was really hard. It was tough. But the thing was that I, I came like in August. So August, September, November, 
uh, it felt like I was on a camp or something, you know? And I just like, it was like, I had all this energy and I, I was just like riding on that energy to, to come there and just like uh, having so much fun. And, um, in my performance, I, I was doing well also, but in January, after four or five months, I started to really feel like, oh my God, this is different. And I didn't know the, the language and, you know, everything that you had in Sweden that was so, so natural. All these things that I said, like in Sweden, we're all, you know, all about the team and, and you help each other. And, and Leona was more of an individual part. Like I had to, you know, take myself up, up if I didn't have a good day and, and all this and different uh, way of playing. You know, I always, I was so used to getting the ball in front of me when I did my runs and suddenly they were putting the balls in my heels because they always like, um, they always pass the ball on your feet. And, you know, I, I, they learned, they saw that I was different and I learned, I saw that they were different. And in the end, you know, it, it was working on, it, it was working really good, but, uh, you know, the, the first year was such an, I had to adapt in so many ways, you know, and also like in the everyday life. So culture differences in the way of playing football and culture differences in, in the way of, you know, in society and everything. And on, on top of that, a language that I didn't know at all. So, you know, I, f I was, I felt like a kid, like a kid when I, when I was uh, communicating and everything. It, my smile, that was the only thing I could, you know, communicate with uh, sometimes. So it was difficult, but like I said, it was so, it was so important for me to have the, three yeah the three first months because i i was just like riding on it and feeling so well and 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 uh, in yeah and the other um how to say part of the season was tougher and, and but it was for me it was really nice to have the first part because that made me feel a little bit secure that okay they saw that i had a certain level at least like even if i didn't have that <laughs> in the end of the first season so so hard but but um just just um yeah important to to continue continue and you ended up playing there for a couple of seasons and as lisa mentioned in her quote becoming a club legend a move that she also said was, was questions. Why, why do you think you always believed in, in taking the step out of what was at the time one of the best leagues in Europe and go to, to the French league? I mean, exactly. I, and that's, that's one part that I'm keeping with me. The part that I like, um, listen to my intuition or whatever, my heart, I don't know, uh, you can call it what you want. I just felt like it was time for me after eight years in, in uh, Dalmasenskan in Gothenburg for me to do something different. And I was totally ready. Um, and I thought about the US because they had, you know, they started something and I had a couple of teams and maybe, maybe. And suddenly this French team comes up and I only had like, okay, they had two good games against, um, Lyon and against Umeå. So a lot of people in Sweden, you know, thought that they were looking really good. Um, that was the only thing that I had with me and, uh, that, 
I've heard them tell me that they wanted to win the Champions League. Uh, so for me, that, that was the only thing. And I just thought, okay, but I'm kind of ready. I can do this. I can try this. I got to be a professional. Um, and, uh, you know, I can always go home. That was kind of my, like, uh, way into it. Uh, I can, yeah, I, I signed for two seasons, but I, I thought to myself, like, if, if I want to go home after one, I, I think it's going to be all right. So I just felt like I wanted to, to try it. And um, I'm so happy that I did, of course, because it was uh, amazing, an amazing club, an amazing team. But not not at, at that point when I came, it developed to be uh, this amazing, this amazing team. But um, I'm happy that I, yeah, because you know the voices wasn't all good, of course, because they didn't know, and I, you know, I didn't know that much either. So I had to go there and try and, and to see, and yeah. Just, just uh, happy that I did because there was a lot of change going on, and uh, for sure in, in in the French league and the French um, football. And because they they did say that they wanted to you know compete for real in the Champions League and win the Champions League, but how was the league and the comp- the competition in the league? How was that? Do you, was it was it good high level? Uh, no, I, I can't I can't say that it, it was high level. Um, the thing was that when you come, when you come to the team, you see all these great players, like in, you know, technically they were amazing. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs> is this for real? Like they were really good. And we needed a couple of years. We needed the maybe change of coach and everything. And in the end, we got to be a, like this amazing team. And if you look at the same, the same, in the same way at the other teams, it was the same, you know, I played against these teams and we, maybe we won 10-0, but they were like really technically, uh, I got a lot of uh, technical, technical skills. The thing was with them that I saw that they didn't, they didn't, um, uh, practice, uh, enough or, you know, or well enough to, to be physically good to compete with, uh, with Lyon, with the Paris Saint-Germain, with, um, Juvisy at the time, Montpellier. So we, we were like four teams that were really good. And the others, like normally you couldn't, you couldn't be beat, beaten by them. Uh, but, but it was amazing during these eight years what happened. You know, they practiced more and more. And like, like I said, so many great football players and just had to, had to start practicing more you know and know how to be be professional um so that was a journey in that too and still is i think but um when you look at the swedish teams even when my sister played in division maybe two or something like that one maybe um I, i know that she went practicing like four times a week and, you know, so they were really physically good. And I talked to the other girls playing like in the, in the um, smaller clubs and they were just like practicing twice, maybe three times. And uh, that was, uh, that was the biggest difference, biggest difference. And technically really nice football players all over. And, and when we talk about, uh, Lyon and your time in France, uh, it makes me think back to, to your book. Mm-hmm. Where you talk about one of your previous coaches and your experience uh, with with him, uh, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth, but you describe him as leading with some sort of dictatorship, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, management by fear is like common 
um, to a lot of people. And it was kind of like that, you know, but I always, even when I do my, I don't know, to say the speeches or when I go to, to clubs and speak about my, um, career or, or, uh, organizations and different organizations, I'm always like, I'm totally giving him because what he did with the team was amazing. Like he came in, he was so hard. Like he was always telling everything that, every, everything that he saw or thought about or whatever he's he said it to the whole team even if even if it was one person you know and he was screaming had a couple of like tough words and that was his game you know it was his kind of you know he he knows that he's like that you know he says it himself oh he he told us like normally he stays in a club one most two years that was he knew that that was his limit with his kind of a style, <laughs> but he stayed for four years. That was the problem. Like the first year, amazing. He came came in. He was so straightforward. He took a lot of players from doing maybe like seventy percent, seventy percent on in practice and even in in games. Like and he took them right up to hundred percent. And you can totally understand when you do that to a lot of good players. It, it, it started to be amazing. Like we didn't stop when we had a lead on four, five, zero. Suddenly we, we won with 10 zero because, you know, every, every girl, like every football player did hundred uh, percent all the time because he, he demanded that, you know, if you wanted to play or if you wanted to play, uh, next, uh, next game. So he was really pushing us. Uh, and I can say that he, he put this, um, Vinnar, Vinnar culture, like the winner culture, uh, in the walls, like we say in Sweden, at least. Like he, he put that right into, to, to that team and it's still there, you know, that, that, I, that's kind of amazing. So I totally give him that. That was the right, right person the right way of like it just like um, getting every player into her highest level and and doing it together Uh, and and he had a vision and everything so we won the champions league we didn't lose with him for three and a half years that's amazing but it was also really really tough and it was really mentally like I told you in the beginning, my only way of expressing myself in the beginning was my smile. Uh, you know, smiling at people and trying to like communicate. And in the two year, the two last years with him, I didn't smile. Like it's always, it's always interesting with these kind of things because yeah, we needed that at that time in the beginning. But then when you couldn't like, when you get everyone to the highest level, you should be able to take care of that afterwards and you can't continue screaming and punishing and, you know, um, things like that. It doesn't, it works maybe. Yeah. We won a lot, but I think that as a human being, it's not, uh, mentally healthy. So I think that a lot of girls, like a lot of good players, like Megan Rapino is one of them. It didn't like, no, I'm, you know, she couldn't stay because it was just like, no, human wise, it wasn't, it wasn't all right in the end. So, um, that's my biggest thing about this. But I totally understand that, uh, when he came in, in, in the French, in this French 
um, I'm a team like club. I totally understand that that was what we needed um, because they're also used to, you know, tougher, like uh, another kind of hierarchy or I don't know what to say in English, <laughs> but, um, so that was totally good, but he could have never gone into, um, like when Lisa Ek played for Gothenburg, when we are, were a team and everyone did their best and, you know, it, it wouldn't work that out for, uh, one week, I think, you know, the girls would have said, no, this is not okay. And, and if I take, uh, Tobi Nilsson that I had, the coach that I had when I went from Gothenburg, if I take him into this environment with the French girls, no, they would have like, they would, they would not have understood why he asked us, um, you know, asking us what to do, you know, or he's like really diplomatic and just like, um, really different. And they would have just like, no, uh, we don't understand. You have to tell us what to do. So if, if you can see it in this, in this way, you can also understand that it's different cultures, of course, and different mentalities and, and different parts of the leadership. Uh, and, and I totally get that and respect that. But yeah, it was, it was uh, it was too too tough. Four years was two years uh, too much. <laughs> That's for sure. Do you think that Patrice Lair ever crossed that line? Because you did mention in your book, you know, where he was getting kind of like paranoid and he was looking at interviews and stuff like that. Did he ever cross a line that for you was like this was not okay? Yeah, we we have a couple of lines that got crossed for sure, and um, at least I. From my part, I, I, I told him everything, you know, I, you know, that was the, I even did it before because he was so honest with everything. So you could be, you could be honest too. Uh, even if it was like <laughs> you, you were thinking about uh, totally different things that he was, but, um, I told him everything and what I felt and what I thought was wrong. And, you know, and that's the most important thing for me. And uh, because I'm, I, I want to believe that I'm a, kind of honest person uh, but I'm also like kind of loyal and everything like that so it was that was the hardest part because you, you you're loyal to the team and you're loyalty to the coach and and everything and even if you thought a lot of things was wrong you know when you're winning and when you're doing like everything right on the pitch you don't want to to create problems for the team, you know, and just because you have problems with, with, uh, you just, just take it. That's, and, and that's the bad part of, of this kind of leadership. I think when you're just like, just taking too much shit, if you can, say, if you can put it like that, you know, because in the end, you know, that was my, my, uh, you know, when I was thinking a lot about it at the time, it was just like, do, do you have to feel this way? Do you have to, you know, does it have to be so, so tough like this to be able to win? Because that was a, you know, a real question. Like, is this what it takes? And maybe I, I don't know, but it's just that I have the national team on the other side and just felt like, and, and my, and my kind of leadership and what I want to, to how I want to lead or, uh, it's not like that at all. And in the end, I was just like, no, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think that you can at least have, a, um, a part when you, you don't like, you don't have to push people down, you know, to, to be able to win. No, I don't, I don't think so. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're, we're going to move on to, to Dama Svenskan, who, who, you know, it's, it's gone through quite a lot over the years. Have you followed it at all ever since you you stopped playing yourself? Yeah, I followed some. I haven't been watching like every game, but for sure, like the results and everything. And then with the national team and everything you you um, follow, I, I think it's been good uh, this year, you know, when you got to see like highlights and stuff like that uh, during the week, like that, it's so much easier to to follow. For sure. You know what do you what do you what do you think of you know the development through? Because uh, as we mentioned previously, when you started out, it was one of the best leagues, and now it's you know it's lost it some 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 places in the ranking. And how how what do you think about this development? You know, from the sidelines being you know a TV pundit expert within football. What do you what do you think about this? Um, exactly this pundit expert. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, no, like um. No, but for sure, like, this was, this is so natural. Like, even when I went to Lyon and I saw what they could do, like, the muscles that they have, like, financially and everything, like, it's, I have no idea, but it's, I, like, look at, look at it, at it like this, like, um, uh, the guys team, the professional team in Lyon, I have no idea. Maybe they're 25, 26. And if they just put, like, the 26th player, you know, put put that guy on the side and take that money on the women's team. Just with that kind of money, you could do a lot, <laughs> you know? So when you see it like that and see this great big club and all this um, potential, uh, I totally understood like early on that this is going to be game-changing, of course, for the women's game. You know, if just the big clubs start to invest in in the women's game we don't stand a chance in sweden because we don't have these big clubs even if kutubori manme ff i don't know aik hammarby they're great and they're big but they're 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 nothing like compared to to leon in 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 what they revenues and everything uh so so i totally understood that we don't have that kind of that kind of power in Sweden. And, and when I say that kind of power is so you know, important to, to understand and to not be like, you know, you know, in history, we've been really good in quality work that we've done in Sweden that, that reflects on women's football, I think. So that means also that we've come so far when it comes to respect and, and how you look at it and, and what you feel is, is right for, for the women's game. And that is important because when I ca- came to Lyon, it took maybe six or seven years, um, uh, until I felt like, okay, the whole club is on, like they understand now or they like the team, you know, uh, it takes time to change people's mind. And I, I, I'm told, I'm kind of sure that even Juventus or w- whatever, they, they have the money, they can do a lot, but 
to change the mentality, uh, you know, the respect. That's not something you can do on in one season. That takes time. And we have that in Sweden. And what I wanted to say with that is that we have these things that we have to uh, just um, hold on to. No, we, we, we won't be able to pay, you know, most of the money, but we can educate and we, we will have like, um, still, even, even if we don't have the much money, we will have good situations for, for the girls to, to educate, um, in and with the team and everything. And I think that's important. And when I came to Rosengård, I was really happy to come to, you know, this, the Swedish culture. And I felt like, you know, coming home to a family and everything, you know, it didn't matter for me that it wasn't, you know, this huge stadium and everything around, you know, I had everything that I needed just in a different way. So I think that we have to just uh, remind ourselves that we have, we have really important and and really good stuff in in Sweden too, but the money, money wise and everything, no, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but we can still have a good league with education and the players that we can, you know, bring back afterwards and it's it's hard also to be uh, abroad. It's not uh, that easy to be a professional. You know, you can see with. I totally understand Stina Blackstenius when she was in Montpellier, and she's more of a shy, a shy girl. And you know, it's hard. Like the French mentality is tough, and if you don't speak the language and everything, so it can be tough. And you know, she could come home uh, and just settle, and then developing again you know and being so great that she is right now and and we need a good a good solid um equal uh, league in sweden uh for to be able to do that that's my short answer <laughs> i try to be but you know there's so much but i i think that i think that we have to see our our good side the pressure came with the expert um uh, yeah what's exactly. that? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. um do you think there's anything that the league needs to do to you know maybe be be more attractive because now we see it as more of like a developmental league for players that they, they they come here they develop and then they leave and then maybe do a little celebratory run when they're done and they're like hey i'm back and then they quit playing um. Do you think there's something it needs to do to keep the players? Because there's a lot of talk of Swedish players that there's not yeah, enough. Yeah, I know. Now, you know, it's going to be hard. And it's going to be so interesting f- for them in so many ways to go abroad, you know? So it's it, it's going to be tough. But like right now, for instance, you know, when we talked, uh, when, when we talk about... Uh, uh, phew, I don't know everything in, in English now, but, you know, when you talk about situations for the players and now we talk about the um, collective bargain bargaining uh, yeah, agreement uh, mm. it's not that easy but something like that uh, and um, right now they they stopped it and the um, negotiations they are not going you know forwards and all this and that's that's what i don't like like i just want the Swedish football and Dama Svenskan to just be the best, uh, at that point, you know, collective bargaining agreement, just like really good situations for the players. You can come to Sweden. You're going to be safe. You're going to be able to be a mom if you want to, you know, all these things. Just put that, be 
be like the front um, in in the front line at least you know and if you can do that i think it's going to help a lot like look at Elin Rubeson, for instance, like Hecken, they're making such a good situation for her. So she, she wants to stay and for sure she can, she can go abroad, you know? Um, and of course that can change, but I just want to say like, that's, that's a way of doing it. And just being in the front line with all these, you know, these rights for, for the players. Um, I don't like it when, when it goes to, uh, you know, talking about maybe it's going to be worse and everything. No, no, that's that's the least we can do to to yeah to be in the front line. And we're going to move on to to the national team. Obviously, you had a very long career and an amazing career to say the least with the national team. But you were forced to quit due to to injury. You didn't get to decide when to you know stop playing. How how was that for you to not be able to make that decision yourself? You know. I've always, you know, I've always uh, told myself exactly the same, of course, because who, who doesn't want to quit by like, um, you know, you want to quit by, by yourself, you, you know, that's, that's the easy thing to say because it's so, it's so, um, obvious, <laughs> you know, so I, I totally felt the same. Uh, but at the time when I had to stop, I think also that, um, I've, you know, I had the problems since so long, like maybe 10 years. I struggle with these headaches and I struggle with, um, getting tackles and all these things, uh, for my head and for my neck. Uh, I couldn't do headers. I couldn't do headers in practice and, and, you know, for such a long time. So it's, you know, slowly I just, uh, took things away that I couldn't do. Okay. Now I can't read. Uh, okay. I, I won't read. Now I can't do this. Now I can't do that. And in the end, it was just like, I can't even put, you know, when I went to the Euros 2017 before stopping, I was just like, I felt, you know, I was so sick or like had these headaches every single day and I just struggled to be on the pitch. And, and when you're at that point and, you know, when you look at it during 10 years, I kind of like just also, okay, I didn't want to stop at this point. I wanted to choose for sure, but I was also like leaving, um, leaving it to me to say, like, I'm also very happy that I could play on that level for 10 years and more, you know, because it was, it was a struggle sometimes. So I kind of leaned on that. And I think I kind of uh, told myself that uh, at least. And I don't know if it, it was totally true, but I could at least like uh, be a little bit, um, how do you say, like um, relieved by, by, by seeing it um, like this. But the, the toughest part for me was totally you know, being on the pitch 90 plus minutes in a Euro, you know, uh, to, um, like two months after couldn't even, uh, you know, have a small walk without being sick. You know, that was, just, that was the toughest part and not doing anything for over a year, like no work, nothing. That was the tough, toughest part for sure. But, you know, I had had this whole year also to, to mourn a little bit, you know, all the friends and everyone, you know, that you live on and that you're used to seeing like every day, every month. 
So that that was that was the toughest part, like all the re- relationships. But uh, in the same time, you know, they they're still there. Did you did you always know what you wanted to do after your career, or did that come because was it like did you want to go into coaching or being like a sporting director or No, I didn't know, but I know that um, because I I did work a little bit with with you know football and mostly men's football, you know, in uh, in competitions um, before even when I was you know playing. So I knew that I thought that was you know a lot of fun. Um, so I was thinking like maybe something like that would be, would be great. Um, so that, that's, that's been amazing for sure. But no, like I'm still really open to everything. I'm still like, I'm, I'm just enjoying my time and having these, um, how do you say like, um, projects here and there, uh, and with different organizations and everything. Um, but I'm still like, I'm, I'm going to do that as long as I can. And afterwards, maybe when I grow up, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do something else, but I have no idea. Just like enjoying the moment and, um, for as long as I, I can, but no, no coaching, um, feelings right now, at least. No coaching feelings right now, but what you're doing part of it at, at the moment is, uh, we mentioned that before, TV pundit expert kind of thing, uh, which yeah. is uh, um, at TV4. Uh, how how did that come about? Were you, were you like, yeah, I really want to get into TV, or was it just like you got an offer? Or how, was it obvious that you were going to say yes to uh, it? No, because I was also like really, okay, do I want to do that? You know, before I was in a situation, you know, when you play football, you know, everyone's got an opinion of, uh, you know, of what you, you're doing like all the time. So in the end, I was also like, maybe I don't want to do something that everyone has an opinion at least um but for, for most of the times i'm just like i'm just going to do what i like and what i love and um in this case it was kind of like both tv4 and svt they were they were like asking around like if i wanted to do it because i i i did some things for them both before so they were kind of like yeah asking if i wanted to to do it so and in that case, you know, when I, that's, that's the thing that I liked. That's the most important thing, you know, do I like this? Do I like to do that? Yeah. I, I think it's uh, so much fun. So um, that was, that was easy in that way. Uh, yeah. I must say that I, I do live with the, with my mom and her best friend. I've been doing so since I was three years old and I was, uh, we were watching the world cup recently. Um, where you were an expert sitting there and, and my mom's best friend who knows nothing about football, she was sitting there and she goes, you know what? When she, w- w- when Lotta speaks, I, I understand what she's saying and I listen and she takes it in. And she's like, I actually, she's like, yeah, she's very good. So it's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to tell her. And she goes, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, that's, that's really sweet. That's always uh, nice to hear. And, and exactly like, like what you say, it's, it, it depends so much. That's why I like to talk about like the, the national team, I think, because it's not, uh, it's not so it, you don't have to be like strictly in the, all of the tactics, you know, you can talk about everything. You can talk about like, how do you work in a team or how, how does it work when there's a, like a, a tournament and how do you, 
how do you think about losing the first game and how you have to like put that aside and just continuing and you know uh, it's so much more it's so much more when it comes to that's what I like yeah we're gonna let you go to the football analysis part in one second but there's one thing that I want to talk to you about and we work at the same place right uh tv4 football's canada and i i'm at football's canada um and i did meet you in the hallways not too long ago yeah. and, and we had quite a nice chat right yeah um and, and you mentioned you recently won an award um and you met at this award ceremony you met alexia yeah. Bateas. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. she met you rather Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we met each other at least. <laughs> you met each other, and you told me you told me a nice story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there, and I'm gonna let you share it. Oh yeah, because it was so it was so cute, uh, because you know, of course, she's really like she's a superstar in in Barcelona and in Spain. That's for sure. That's what what you feel when you're over there, and that's that's amazing already. But she's also like the yeah the world's best player at, at this moment. Now she's injured, but you know before. Um, so yeah, we we got to to talk a little bit and, and chat for for a while, and it was just so cute because she was telling me the story about her like. 2012, I think it was, and we won our second Champions League goal at that time. So she said that me and Sonia Bombasto, and she's the play, the coach in, in Lyon and Camille Abri also, and her and, and uh, us three, she, she asked us for a photo. So she was like kind of young, like 18 or so, and we were her idols and she wanted a photo afterwards, uh, after we played them once. And that was kind of cute. So she had this photo with her, like, uh, before I don't think she she looks at it right now you know <laughs> it's kind of different but it's cute when when you have all these stories because I was I was a young girl too like in in uh, in the beginning and I you know I looked up to all these great players and I, I got to play against them like the the girls that played the final uh 2003 like the year after I played with all these women that played in like a world cup final and for me that was totally amazing so so it's it's cute when you when you when you can go back and just see I've, like I've that. never taken selfies with football players ever no no you haven't you told me no. otherwise <laughs> <laughs> but okay <laughs> i understand <laughs> I had to do I had to do one up on uh, on uh, Alexia Bateas. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to beat them. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> with that being said, we're going to move on to the football analysis. I actually I, I usually um start with this question when I talk to players being active to, today uh, being on this podcast, but the story behind behind the, the fact that you played as uh, an attacker because Every story is different behind that question. So hit hit me. Why did you end up as an attacker? How, how did I end up as an attacker? Um, okay, I think that I think that I always been an attacker, like from the beginning and everything. But when I start to play with um, Landvetter, that's Gothenburg right now, and or. Hecken right now. <laughs> they changed their names uh, two times. Um, when I started to play, like there were, there were two, the, these two great goal uh, scorer. Um, 
Björn och eh, nej men gud ja okej det var Marit Marit and they were so good so I was just like to, to be able to play at all I had to play on on the wing like you know four for two like the uh, mostly right Uh, midfielder um so um and that was so easy for me because of course i wanted to play so that that was a good position i learned more about defending also so that was wasn't that bad and the same in the national team you know we we had victoria svensson and hanim bay you know what could i do <laughs> if i got to play i i i i was so happy so i played a lot on the on this on the line or like in the midfield too um and then When it changed, I have no idea when it changed. I loved scoring and I know that I, when I played on the midfield, I, I didn't think about it, but when I played uh, on top, I was just like re- reminding myself that, oh my God, this is so, so much fun to like, to score and to, to, you know, meet the team and everything. Uh, but when I, st- I, I can't really say when I, Well, when I stopped being a midfielder, maybe when I was a little bit older or something, but I got the chance when Victoria Svensson and, and Hanna Jungberg were injured. And like, that was really an eye opener for me too, because I felt like I, I've been playing well, kind of okay before. And the first um, uh, game that I got to play a forward, And I scored suddenly was like, oh, amazing good. And I, I just went to myself and f- felt like, no, like I've been playing better, you know, before, but I didn't score. So that was like the first, first big reminder for me that, okay, you shouldn't listen to yeah, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> you shouldn't listen to, to the media because it's like, Uh, you have to look at it yourself because it's going to be you're the world's best when you're not and it's going to be you suck when you're maybe not. <laughs> so that's an interesting pitch. But uh, you have to tell me about uh, the first time. What what did you read? What I did read? No, it was the fir- um, not the first time. When I, when I, when I started to be a, a, an attacker. You said that there's a lot of stories. No, no, no. It's just the stories behind, you know, every player is like every, every ah, okay. player has a story behind, you know, how they end up in a certain position ah, okay, or stuff. Okay. So the road, yeah, yeah. the roads are different, different and the stories are different. So that, that's, yeah, it's just interesting to know that because it's, um, and, and this is also my thing because you, you mentioned this yourself at the moment and you're a pundit now and, opinions and and stuff like that what's the hardest thing about being a pundit after being active yourself the hardest thing is that you you understand the you understand the 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 play, players so much and you know and the hardest thing is that you have no idea and that's that's why i'm insisting on like they can't listen to everything because i have no idea like how the game plan is what they talk about before going on the pitch out on the pitch you know or what the, what kind of role maybe this particular player has you know i'm just looking at the whole 11 playing maybe like even 22 and and i'm just like picking up things like this So, so I have no idea if, you know, I got a role 2016 to, to be like in this, yeah, yeah midfield with five. And I was like on the, on the side, on the line. So it's almost like a, a defender, almost. And, 
And I did exactly what the coaches wanted. And everyone was asking me about the scoring goals. Like, I'm just like, I'm doing other stuff right now. You know, you, you don't know about which role you have for this game or with this coach and, and everything. So, so that's really, that's really hard. So when you're sit, sitting there in TV, on the T with TV and everything, you just have to have that in mind. You know, I'm just like, watching the game, taking things out, trying to explain. But, you know, in the end, I can't really like 100% know if if that was something already planned or, you know, you have no You're idea. You're a very humble expert then. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, with time, <laughs> with time, I see that with other other experts. With time, you know, when you're not like feeling as a player anymore, you start to be... A little bit more uh, rough or tough, maybe. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of like that as a person. Also, that's that's what's you know hard. Um, but in the end, I'm telling myself like just just trying to to explain what you you see. You know, try to explain it as as good as you can. Like why didn't it work out? Why wasn't she good? You know, that's the that's the best thing to have with you. I'm very happy that you back me up in this because I always say this when I watch football and people have opinions. I say that we have no idea. We, we can see what position they play, with, but we have no idea what their roles are uh, and what the coach have been telling them. So, yeah, exactly. I have exactly. not that to back me up on this, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But um, speaking of, of tactical things, um, when you played, started to play professionally, how much tactical knowledge was demanded from you when you were active, and did did it change in any way over the years? Yeah, yeah it did. That's maybe the biggest difference. Like I was. Growing up, I had, I had this great coaches in so many ways. I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy to, that I, you know, kept on playing with, with, um, players that, that were like just my team. They weren't the best. Everyone wasn't like the best, of course, but it was important because at, in that case, you can also learn to, to understand that you're a team and that you need everyone and that you have to like, in, in your leadership also try to, to, um, yeah, to get everyone on, on the road, like on the, on the same path. Um, so I'm really happy about that. But of, of course, like a lack of tactics because today, like when I look at Lyon and they have this, uh, you know, um, academy for the, for the youngsters, they learn so much from the beginning. And maybe sometimes it takes something away from, from just having fun for sure. But they, they, they're learning all about these things so early on. And I started to learn maybe when I started in the, uh, Stadslaget, like the region uh, team, you know, that's when I started to get some tactical details and understand things. Uh, and even when I started to play in Damasvenskan, you know, Busse Falk, the fir first one, he wasn't like all about tacti tactics. He wanted me to run and run on every ball. That was the only thing that I had to do, like for him. So, so for, for me, it wasn't tactics in the beginning like a lot of runs to understand like to read the game for sure but the tactics not not that much um but like with the natural teams uh and then with uh yeah with leon for sure also like 
it started to be more and more uh, normal uh, with my football to 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 have all this uh, tactical um what do you say like tactics before for the games and watching watching the opponent and everything like uh, but but it wasn't that much we didn't have the uh, possibility you know like video videos at that time like 2001 2 3 4 5 i no you know nothing what could you do like maybe because that we played them last year we knew know that maybe they have this player who usually do this so 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 much different. so when i came to rosengård you know everything changed he wanted us to go home and like do things at home, you know, studying and stuff. And I'm not like that at all. It was in the end of my career and everything. So I just felt like, oh my God, no, I'm not in school, you know, but I totally understand. And it's important um, and, and good that they have this uh, possibility. But that's also, you know, it's it's important also to, to listen to different kind of players and what they want and everything. A lot of them wants to know about the opponents. A lot of them doesn't want to know because I, I usually wanted to go, you know, just intuition, you know, that's been kind of, kind of my thing. <laughs> it's, it's been working out pretty well. I must add. So oh. we did uh, at that, <laughs> with that part. But the thing is that we often hear these days now that players has to be very flexible because you can, you can play in a club. Because you did play for a club, Lyon, that you were pretty dominant in every game. So you could play a certain way. I heard you in another podcast where you talked about, you talked about this because you played in Lyon. You were very dominant on the ball and you played with a high back line, <laughs> uh, pushed up very hard and you won games all the time. And then in 2015, I think the Swedish national team take, they did take on, um, pretty reactive uh, playing style. So we can see players coming to the national team today uh, from having both completely uh, different positions and roles. And then they are supposed to come into the Swedish national team. We saw that happening in the Euros this summer. Um, so what was that like for you coming from Lyon into the Swedish national team uh, with that being said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, you know really hard sometimes and of course it's for some players and for me not that much but yeah a little bit also like um playing in a different role maybe in a different because we played 4-3-3 in Lyon mostly and in Sweden we you know really strong in our 4-4-2 and that was the most common uh style of playing um so yeah it, it was it was really different and of course, that's also a thing. You, you learn things and you want to apply them in, in the national team or in your other environment. The same, you know, in, in the, in Lyon, because they were, they were saying that they were playing like, how do you say that? Um, zone marking, like a, yeah, sonar marking. So, so, sonar marking. Yeah. 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 Sonar like they, they said that, but, but, in when in practice when you when you did it uh, on the field 
uh, it was a lot of marking, like, it, it, you know, it's really different. So sometimes it was frustrating at, you know, bo- both, but I was like, I'm such a Swede. So it was mostly, <laughs> it was mostly tougher for me, like um, in, in Lyon, you know, when I had to think so differently um, sometimes, but like you say, it was so easy also because we were pushing so high. So our best way of defending was our, our offense. It was really like that. Um, and you can win so much with that. Like I, I said before, and like it's the same with the U S all these years, you know, you start the game, they are taking these like advancing 15 minutes straight away and straight away we are backing, you know, and that's like, that's so easy for them because they have all this confidence in that. But that's, that, that's like important meters to, to take and important meter, meters for them and for us to be like pushed back straight away. And that's like a mental, mental thing also. Um, but th- that's what we had uh, with, with Leon. So that was, um, that was uh, really, really different. But, um, I don't, I don't know which, which way was, was the worst in the end, maybe, but like, uh, I, I totally wanted to, to put some of my experience into the national team and some of my experience from Sweden and the national team into, into Lyon, uh, for sure. But for Lyon, it was also good to have like different, you know, they had, uh, like a lot of French players, like that was the, the key. Um, but they had, they also took in, some um foreign players and that made the team very well because you know uh, a good balance um but it was hard for some of them like um i don't know if you remember ingvild stensland she was like a norwegian player like the captain and everything and she was over there and she had a hard time because it was so different like she was so good in like placing herself right and um working together with the other players. She was so smart. But when the other players in Lyon was like were going on runs and, and following players, you know, it was so hard for her to, to understand how she was going to, you know, be positioned. So th- that's, that's really interesting. And also Seger for sure, because she's the same kind of player. You know, she's so good and in balancing and knowing what, how to, uh, put herself on, on the, in the midfield defense and offense. But it's hard when people around it doesn't work as she she does you know so that was the two players that i i, I didn't see Seger, but i for sure i i know that that could be a, a problem sometimes uh, for ingvild so maybe for her too i don't know yeah i mean it's it's just an interesting question because you i i think it's even more like nu tappar jag the engelska ordet påtagligt amanda hjälp mig it's even more visible today uh, when you when you watch the Swedish national team play because we have such great players in the Swedish national team. We always have uh, had that, but they come from clubs where they play so differently with players around them that aren't even close to to being the same in the Swedish national team, even though our team is good. Uh, and you can really see that because that's the, the kind of the uh, kind of a development the game has at the moment is it's in the details and this is actually when you look at a striker now and the position as a striker 
Is it something more or less demanded from an attacker today compared to to when you played? You think maybe maybe because I'm I'm thinking about like one thing that I developed in in Lyon was like the work I did in in the in the box. I don't know if you say that, but in in the penalty area, like in front front of the goal, because of course in Lyon we had you know we played like that, so it was so so much more like. Um, crosses into the into the penalty area so i had to work with that you know that was nothing that i worked with like in sweden we had um uh, defenders when we when we worked in front of the goals you know because you also have to you know but but technically we never worked only with uh the shots and the the, the crosses and everything and the he- headers and in leon we did that a lot so that, that was i felt you know i i was so bad in the beginning um because that wasn't like my that wasn't where where i was the best um but nowadays even in Sweden, you have to, of course, you have to do it with the def- defenders also. But I'm, I think I see more of that. Like they are working more in front of the goal and also like just technically doing it. And they know that they have to have all these abilities to be able to, to be one of the best in, in that position. And sometimes I know that Stina, she's kind of like, she, she, she's moving in the same areas as me, but I think that also she feels maybe that uh, there was a l- more space maybe uh, before. And I love to take in that, you know, space, take that space. Um, so I could move like uh, on the whole pitch almost. And I think nowadays, maybe not always, but they maybe from a nine, they want more like working in the, in the center of the corridor, like not working on the, on the, uh, on the outsides that much that I did because I could often find myself in positions doing the cross. And, uh, maybe I think that they want to, to have the attackers more in the center. That, that's, that's, that's a feeling. I don't know if it's true. That's a feeling. I have two more questions. One, do you still watch Leon play? And when you watch them, what do you see today? I I watch them as much as I can. I'm not like uh, every game or a- anything like that. Uh, sadly, it's, it's you know I don't I don't find the time really. But like in the Champions League and everything, I can follow them and then I watch them for sure. Um, and of course, it's a little bit different. They're still you know apparently they're still as as good because <laughs> they won the Champions League. So that's that's totally fine. Um, but, but even like before, I, I feel like they have, um, they still have this core. Like when I talked about the um, winning mentality that they, that they got with Patrice, when that we got with Patrice, it's still, it's still there. And they still have the core of players like Wendy Renard and, and Eugenie Le Sommer. And now they have like Bombastor. Oh, and Abley, um, as coaches. So, so they have this core. They know what to do and how to do it and what they have to do, uh, for sure. But, um, I, I think that, I think they miss the number nine at the moment. Um, at the moment, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. You can see that last year too, when Ad- Adek came back, it was like totally different. And that was why. 
they could be able, they, they were able to win. That, that's for sure. So when they lose Embok, uh, in the, in the defense and Ada Hegeberg again, like it's, it's sadly, it's uh, a little bit too much. I don't know if, if, if they can do it without them. So that's, that's the big difference at this, at this point. Before they had all these, all the world players, you know, all over. Now they, they have to take some from the academy and because, you know, it costs more and more also to get all these great players. So that's a big difference. But I'm really like, I'm proud of, of what they're doing. The coaches, uh, Abili and Bombastor, like winning the Champions League with, uh, as coaches too. And they, that they were able to do that because it's, you know, it's always hard, but you know, now it's even harder. So, so that's amazing. I'm, I'm happy for them for sure. They had a very good game plan going into mm-hmm. that Champions League final. You can see that, you know, Barcelona had the ball possession, high back line, but then you, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be adaptable in that way. Um, yeah, but- and that's, I, I just have to say something about that because, because for sure, like when you think of Lyon and, you know, how they win and how much they win, uh, you think that they would like only have these great technical players and, you know, putting the crosses into, into the penalty area and everything and all that's there or someone else. Yeah, for sure. But the thing is, and since the beginning, they have all these players, but they also have uh, a counterattacks. Yeah, it kind of like they have that game in, in like in the DNA, like since when I played. Um, but also now, like uh, they have all these fast players that knows exactly how to do when they see the uh, when they see some space, they're gonna use it. You know, they're not gonna play into the goal. They don't have to. You know, that's what we saw against Barcelona. That's amazing. That's that's the good part with, with them. We actually saw it already because I, I actually picked up on that when uh, when they played. I, I can't remember if they was it in the semifinal or in the quarterfinal when they played PSG. It was in the first leg against PSG before last year's final. They didn't play the counterattack. Uh, style but in the second leg she just adjusted the whole game plan to you could see that that they went into if we're going to win this game against PSG we're going to have to do it with the counter-attacking style and then they met Barcelona who also likes to own the ball but it was interesting and in, I think that's what also makes a good team that you can play in both ways um, because that's not many teams that that can <laughs> No, no, exactly, exactly. No, but that's, uh, that's, um, that's a key, uh, for, for their success. Also, like one of the keys. Yeah, one of the keys <laughs> <laughs> to all the wins. Yeah. But last question, because I want to know this. Uh, this is actually, uh, who's the best striker in today's women's game, according to you, and why? Oh my God. There's, oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Mm, mm. Take your pundit, your inner pundit now. Let it, let it out. You know, I, I kind of want to say, say Ada Hegeberg, but I know also that with, with her injury and everything, but her, like her style, I love it. And, you know, she was, I think that she has it all, you know, she's really great in the penalty area in front of the goal headers, like with her, with every part of her, <laughs> her body. Uh, and she's, she's kind of fast also, but like, not like, She's fast when she's like, um, 
on the great runs, you know, in the counterattack, she's doing it in long, fast and with the ball also. And she's so clean. Um, but what I saw was like, she's so clean in front of the goal. And that's, that's amazing. And the, the, the way she plays, you know, with the, the back, um, at the goal is really good. Also, she's smart, you know, uh, one, two touches and she doesn't have to do more you know that's uh that's her game and she's so powerful in that but at the same time when i say that and when i see uh pop and how she played in the euros you know like she's like the goals that she scored is you know no one else can score goals like that she's just like amazing she has to be like the best in in the penalty area because she is taking her space and she's just like owning that and that's you have to you have to give her that because i play with uh, not with her but against her for so long and what she did at this euros is impressive uh because i've always i've seen her play and she's amazing but you know coming from injury and all and doing that so so with that said and you hear, you, you hear that I like these kind of players for sure, because they have some, you know, the mentality, the mentality. That's, that's all. You can be great. You can be skillful in so many ways, but you know, these two, the mentality yeah. is like. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm also a big fan of Alex Pop and of course, Alda Hegeberg. So you don't have to convince me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, good because uh, well, you, you don't have to say much. You just have to, you know, watch yeah, them. Watch some YouTube compilation or or something. You know what we are talking about. Uh, well, uh, let's move on to some listeners' questions. I I can't. Can I just add in before we do that? Speaking of YouTube compilations, when Mia gave me this assignment to come up with questions, I was like. Well, what do I do? What, 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 what's this, this or that question going to be? So I actually Googled, I went on YouTube and I wrote Lotta Schelin best goals. And I was like, maybe she can choose one of the goals, but that's not going to be a question. Cause it was too hard for me to pinpoint where those games were exactly. Speaking of compilations. Have you, mo- have you moved the questions around now so you can get the one you want or? No, I have not moved them around, but you can take number one and I can take number two. Oh, thank you. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> uh, Village Grove wants to know. Uh, who's the best coach you ever had and why? That was, that was a tricky question. I have a, had a lot of good coaches. Like, when I talk about just like football, like the everything you do on the pitch, uh, I think that um, uh, Gerard, the 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 last one, he was really uh, he he did it. You know, it was so much fun going on pra- to practice because it was such a uh, fun games and everything, how we played and what he you know tried to do. Um, at least, at least on, uh, at practice. But like as a leader, it's like Marika Domanski, Lufos, Pia Sundag. Like they are so different. But like this, this kind of leadership, I like when you can be like um, humble in your leadership. You're you're like tough, and you know where you want. But you can also be like, you know, what what do you guys want? Or um, uh, take this responsibility. Like the best thing for Pia was that. You know, when she saw that we were coaching each other on the pitch, that was like her best moment. You know, 
that's 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 good i think you know when you get the players to um yeah to lead each other and you know be there for each other that's a good leadership and maybe like leadership isn't perfect all the time but you know these kind of leaders are also uh they also want to change or be better leaders and you have to be a little bit humble to 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 do that and i i think that they did did that a couple of times Uh, Grecia FCB wants to know, you've played with so many great players during your football career. Who is a current player that you wish you could have played with when you were active? Um, I think that I, oh, what the, can we say, I know. Uh, I think that I w- would have liked to play with, um, Mirma. Uh, if she could have, if she could have played like, like a 10 behind me because she she's like she's so intelligent like uh, on the pitch and she sees all these movements and spaces and i think that Selena Blackstenius is having a great time having her uh, around her you know because she can play um she can play like on one touch and she can just like having the ball for a while and and see the the perfect uh, opener you know and uh That would have been amazing, I think. Uh, now you're going to have to put on your pundit glasses again, I think. Uh, SJ Conroy 17 wants to know, how far can Sweden go in the World Cup this up uh, this summer? Oh, it's, it's you know all these questions in in when you're going into a tournament. It's so hard, you know. You can just guess, and you, you have no idea. I thought that Brazil and 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 Germany were going to play the final now in the men's World Cup, but <laughs> not even close, you know. So, <laughs> so uh, I don't really know. But the the thing is with Sweden, the amazing thing, even when I played before, and now I think they have a better team, and like they have. Uh, <laughs> Playing style? Playing, yeah, playing style also, but like they have so many players, uh, good players now, even on the bench and everything. They have so many alternatives, so they can play different styles and different, ta- do different tactics. It's, it's easy because you ha- have all these players. Uh, so for sure, yeah, and Sweden nowadays are, and uh, maybe in English it's, uh, they are, um, Controlling the game in a, in a totally different way, totally different way. For it was more easy to stop Sweden before because you know we like the space, we like the runs behind, the, you know. And if you did like Japan and just like went home, it was it was hard, you know. Then they took a big part away, and now we we have so many different uh, styles of, of playing and so many good plays. So I will say they can go all the way for sure with the. Um, with the players that they have uh no question about it but like we saw in the euros it was far their best performances like if you see every game and um but it was also like england they had every player you know available every game come on that's amazing you can play you know she started with the same starting 11 if if you can do that Everything is one, you know, if Sweden could have done that without this, you know, I don't know, all the COVID things and injuries, it would have been different. I, I'm for sure, you know, so you have to have, you know, everything has to be in place and, you know, 
the form, the shape, the shape of the players. You know, sometimes I know, I know it too. You're out of shape. And if you're out of shape and you're a key player, it's going to be tough because there's so many good teams right now. So I'm putting Sweden really high, but I'm totally, as always, understanding that they have to have everything on place. Um, Abdullah, Abdullah wants to know, with Sina Blackstenius and Lina Hurtig being two different styles of strikers, which style do you think is the most ideal for the national team and what kind of players does Sweden want to develop in the position, do you think? I, I really do like both of these players, like the playing style. Uh, I do. Like Stina, she's so important because she's always doing her runs. So she's pushing the, the defense down, you know, and she's always like feeling that, you know, the perfect, you know, um, perfect time, the timing in her, her, her runs and everything are amazing. And Sweden needs that. Also, if we want to play and push up the team and, you know, be uh, dom- dominating on the ball, I think that she, she, she's really important uh, at that time too. And, st- you know, Lina, she's, she, she, she knows all these things too. You know, she can do all these runs and she's kind of fast, you know, but she's also, good in the penalty area and with her headers and you know for me the ideal would be to play them both if they can find you know this extra i don't know energy together and if they if they can be able to work together i think it's it can be perfect also because you know lina she can just like be there as a a lineup uh, player uh, the link player and and um also have the speed to to be able to to catch up with Stina and <laughs> maybe they can do something together you know so yeah i i like both styles and i think we need both styles and if you i know that he doesn't play 442 uh, you know often but um, if you, if they can do something uh with that it, it would be great you know i don't want to see lina hurtig sitting on the bench for like almost a whole tournament no i don't want to do that there's so much talent and and, and quality in that player we have too sure. many good players <laughs> that's our problem yeah that, yeah that's for sure yeah, yeah Actually, for sure. we do have to let abdul abdullah have his second question because he has written a book about leon just gonna mention that uh and he's a heavy Lyon fan and he's followed the team for many years. Uh, he also wants to know what was the role you had in your stint at Lyon? Uh, how were you sold the position when you moved there? It was um, for sure like the number nine role, but they wanted me to like, they wanted me to, to, to you know, to take, to um, take my runs like, Early on in the game, because like Patrice, for for instance, the coach, he he wanted to have this counterattack, and we had uh, Tumis also, uh, Elodie Tumis, like she was <laughs> faster than me, but maybe I like took my runs in a different way that she did, but um, he wanted me to uh, to take them and to use the space if I if I could, and in the big games. When you're also having an opponent, opponent pushing us down, you know, it was, it was perfect that in the big games, it was in the big games that I could do my, you know, the biggest of a difference, uh, I think. Um, but you know, at the same time, if, if we came, if we came, um, if we stood high and, and pushed, I could, 
easily be I was like a link up player also but like I I used my one one two touches and I t- took another position you know and that was uh, often like um in the in the space afterwards um and when it comes to crosses and everything in the penalty area I, I often went on the first post like and that's not always a nice positioning because you know you do your runs there and you don't you don't get the ball too often you know uh, but someone has has to do it you know um to make some space create space behind you so that was kind of like uh, my my role but i i felt like i felt like i could i do a big difference in in uh, in leon with my kind of more direct uh, play game also because uh, we need that sometimes in the in the in the bigger games so but it was all, always a number 9 but i i was totally able to do my runs like on the sides too so so i could also like uh, do the crosses and everything so he let me move uh, because that's what i like the most you know i to move in big big spaces and just like trying to to always be in top speed you know so um, that was what i did mostly with that being said, we're going to move on to the last and final. Oh, Jesus. The last and final part was, is, which is the this or that five questions. And you're not allowed to think. We just want an answer and then you're good to go. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Just one or the other. No explanation. No nothing. Just move on. Okay. <laughs> no nothing. Uh, just okay. Mm-hmm. When active, did you prefer <laughs> scoring goals or assisting? Um, so, sorry, um, uh, scoring goals. Did you prefer the Euros 2017 kit or the Olympics 2016? 16. Winning the Champions League with Lyon or a medal with the Swedish national team? <laughs> um, oh, a medal with the Swedish national team. There weren't that many. <laughs> <laughs> for for everyone uh, listening, uh, Lotta just hit herself in the face when she got the question, yeah. just so you're aware. Mm. On a day off, would you rather watch football or Netflix? Netflix. Gothenburg or Lyon? Lyon. And that's that. That's a wrap. Lotta, thank you so much for, for being a part of, of this episode. And we really appreciated having you on. And it was a lot of fun. Thank you. It was nice to, to be on. I've been waiting for, for my invitation for a while. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It took a while. It got lost in the mail. <laughs> just kidding. And then when I saw you, <laughs> exactly. I figured I would just be like, hey, do you want to get on? Yeah, but that, was, that was good. That was good. So you seized your moment or how to say yeah i did yeah exactly exactly that's that's what we like (laughs) yeah
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.